Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Divya. How are you? That's it, right? It's, it's Davida. I'm doing Davida. great. I'm doing great, Corey. I know you're awesome. Uh, you know, it's, I, it's, it's tricky. <laughs> I typically butcher people's last name. I didn't even. But Dominique, I could have. I probably could have put. I probably could have put that one together. You did. You're doing I great. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome. I'm super excited that you're here, and you're about to bring a flavor to the podcast that I don't think of. I, I don't. You know, there isn't a thinking. I certainly have never had anybody on with your background and expertise. So let's dive right in. I am super excited. So can you tell everybody what your title is? Mm, that's a good, that's a good question. I, well, when I'm a registered nurse, I've been a nurse for many decades and I am a Tantra coach and Tantra is not just about sex. Tantra actually is these ancient tools for, to provide transformation. And as you level up in these areas of your life that it provides for you, you're able to actually a byproduct is you do have better sex, but it actually helps you to be more empowered, to live a more magical life, to be more in aligned, how to regulate your emotions, how to open your heart and have a healthy relationship with yourself, self-love. And then it gets into things about learning techniques that allow um, like sexual healing, like the Marvin Gaye song. And then the other part of it is tapping more into your intuition and your most creative energy, your life force energy, your sexual energy for creating the life that you want. So you're able to really tap in and start to do powerful manifestation techniques. So you start to really understand this beautiful dance you can do to co-create with life. So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of magical stuff. And I'm also born on Halloween. So all of this intrigued me. I was always wanted to like wiggle my nose, like on Bewitch and make magical things happen. And now that's my reality. So <laughs> I want to show you the magic that's inside of you and help people break into their full potential and peak performance. So that's me. All right. So in a nutshell, that 
basically means if you have your house in order, if your everything else is going the way it should go, the way you want it to go, then every then your sexual life, your your sexual whatever should be fall in line with that, right? Or better. Exactly. And also in a nutshell, if men don't nut frequently or ejaculate frequently, they have more energy to tap into their full creative potential and their creative genius. And we'll go more into that later. But when you said nutshell, that's of course where my mind goes. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, well, then I have to ask like, what is the frequent, what is the, in your opinion, what does the frequency need to be? It all depends upon the, the man's age and his health is going to dictate that. I incorporate um, both Tantra and Taoist techniques. I've learned from uh, Taoist master Montauk Chia, who speaks on this. He's been teaching it for 40 years and I've attended some of his workshops and read many of his books. And so it's really about the age. But when I first start working with clients, I try and encourage them so they can really start to build up this energy again, because for so long, they've been depleting it by frequently ejaculating to, you know, limiting their ejaculations to once every two weeks, if possible. And then as they get older in life, then they might just want to do it once a month. And, but also not to have shame whenever it does happen, because your body is amazing. And I know that there's also other programs that stress about having like no fap and that you should never, you know, you just shouldn't be masturbating, but pleasure is medicine. And I don't feel that you should and actually know that you should not disconnect from your pleasure and you should be able to feel amazing pleasure in your body. But if you learn how to separate your orgasm from your ejaculation, males can also have full body orgasms and then keep their energy and be charged up and tap into their creative genius through these techniques. And that's what I love to empower people to learn. So I work with both men and women, singles and couples, and I love sharing this wisdom with them. So is it more, is it more individuals or is it more couples? I actually work more with individuals and then it impacts them as a couple. For example, I have one male client it's older and, you know, he's 60 years old and his wife is just too shy to work with me. Just, you know, having a sex coach or someone talking about sex was just not something she was comfortable with. So I worked with him for six months and, you know, it, it was just amazing the breakthroughs that he was having. And in those first six months, he would say to me, I just want to thank you. And my wife wants to thank you when we would have our sessions. So that was always a lot of fun. And before we started working together, he was um, going to start taking Viagra because he was having challenges with his erections. And then, um, and he had also lost his mother. So I was helping him with that grieving process. And because um, he didn't cry when his mother passed and he had some unpacked trauma from his childhood with his mother and him feeling like his mother didn't love him. And we worked through that together as well because everything touches everything. You know, this is a common thing that can happen with, with us, unfortunately, we can have had unhealthy parenting and it impacts our relationships and our intimacy and how we have pleasure as well. Um, but back to that, as far as them being a couple, after about six months, he's like, I'm going to keep using these practices. Things are getting better um, because the sex will begin to improve within three months. He was like, but I want to keep doing these practices and techniques on my own and then I'll come back and learn more. So he took a hiatus from our coaching for about two months and then he returned and 
whenever he wanted to work with me again, his wife was telling him, I'm so thankful the work that you've been doing. And I can't wait to see what this next level up will be after the last level up. So we had one session together. Two weeks later, we had our following session. And he said to me, this Monday, I had an hour long marathon session with my wife before work. Whenever we're together, she has six to eight orgasms every time. And he was like, and I feel so much power in my penis. I wish I discovered this 15 years ago. He was like, and I was actually ready to go again the next day. And that was just after we resumed. And then I had a session with him a few weeks ago and he says, yeah, now I'm waking up with having like a morning erection. And that's really a good indicator. If you're having that, that you're having good blood flow and it's really healthy. So I help my clients increase their blood flow to their sex organs and strengthen their erections and all that good stuff. So someone doesn't have to have their partner involved to start working with me. But when you start to do that work on yourself, whether it's for the sex or self-love, when we start to do our own inner work and our, do our own healing and unpack the things we need to unpack and have a better relationship with ourselves, that improves all of our relationships with a lover, with our friends, our coworkers, our children, family, everything around you begins to be enhanced and everything just starts to flow a lot easier. So if you're, you don't know if your partner will be receptive, first do it for you. And then you'll just see how that will impact your relationships and your intimacy and it will improve. That's interesting because I'm always, you know, I, I had never heard that, you know, the, the frequency of ejaculation depletes, like you said, your power. So at, it, it, so there's two parts to this. The first one is I went and I did two ayahuasca journeys in 2020 and so the dieta that's attached to that involves absent abstinent abstinence and what i realized in talking with i actually wound up coaching the guy that runs the facility and in talking with him boxers are the same way like if i don't know what the time frame is but i know that there is a time frame before they fight or box whatever you would call it um that they don't they don't have intercourse or they don't ejaculate or they don't do anything and that's maybe you can dive into that for a quick second oh of course so even muhammad ali he would not have a sex before a big match it you know that extra oomph that little extra fire that's in you is a, has been drained with the ejaculation and if you notice in males and females after sex, males will quickly fall asleep after an ejaculation, whereas women will be a little more charged up and more talkative, right? So you have to go back in, in, that res, in your reserves of building up those body fluids that you just ejaculated. And plus it's a drain of the energy because when men ejaculate, if they haven't learned these other techniques, they're pushing their energy out. Like literally the orgasm and all the pleasure is going out from their body and out through the penis instead of knowing how to redirect it up. And so you even bring it up into your brain and it's, you know, it, it has a lot of other benefits whenever you're able to do that. When females have an orgasm, our energy goes more inward and we're charged up by it. Females lose energy through menstruation and pregnancy, but males, they'll lose it through ejaculation. So it's really important that they hold on to that. And so when I work with pro athletes and everything, they really love to learn these techniques because then it's not, you know, it's not taking away from their performance. And that's why this is part of peak performance. 
so that they keep that extra zest and that extra fire in, in them and also even use it to charge themselves up. Now they're getting charged up. So, you know, you're not draining your battery with frequent ejaculation. Okay. So it's interesting that it's different in, in women than it is men. I really know that, but now that you explain it, it makes complete sense. So, um, you know, if you don't mind, just briefly tell, like, how did you, I mean, like, what made you decide to go into this field? Oh, great question. And I get at this, this one a lot, but um, I've always been fascinated by sex. Even since I was a younger girl, I was, and when I was a preteen, I would watch Dr. Ruth on TV. And, you know, it's always been a very interesting topic for me. And then I was raised in a household where sex was not a taboo topic. My mother would openly discuss these things and have conversations. And that's part of my gift is that I'm able to talk about these things without having shame or being charged in that way about it. So I was like, okay, now I see why this was my mom. <laughs> and so um, then also I'm Scorpio. Scorpios are the sex sign of the Zodiac. So when I was about in my thirties, I was having a really wild time, thirties, even to forties. And um, I moved to LA for a bit and was doing modeling and living in the city with all these beautiful people and meeting even more beautiful people through doing modeling. And so I was just having fun. And I was more like Samantha from sex in the city. And I'd already been giving my friends sex tips for years. And some of them would be tell me like, oh, that position you taught me saved my marriage, you know, and they were like, you need to write a book. And so I was already having better sex than the majority of my friends. And um, then I had an experience where, and I was already being asked to be on Playboy radio to talk about sex at this point in my life. And I was a recurring guest. And so I was already was like, felt like, felt like I had it all figured out. And then I had a lover that had studied Tantra for a year and he had dated a Tantra coach and he had mastered this technique of being able to separate his orgasm from his ejaculation. So he was able to have stamina for hours. And I had my you know, amazing experience with him and had what I call my first soulgasm. And I go more into that on my YouTube channel. And when the notes here, we can leave a link to that. So, cause that's quite a story within itself. But when I had that experience, I realized I felt sorry for my friends. And I told them, I was like, I just want to clone you and give one of you to all my friends. Cause I didn't even know where to begin to explain this to them. And I knew that even though I was already having better sex than most of my friends, I had really been only scratching the surface of what was available to me. It was like the tip of the iceberg. And there's so much more that we can experience as men and women with our bodies and with our partners and even in solo tantric practices and solo self-pleasure. Um, there's so much more available to us. And it's very healing, very profound, very enlightening that is is tucked away from us and that we're not told about. And so I'm really passionate about empowering both men and women to tap into their full potential and experience the healing properties of pleasure and experience more intimacy and connection. Cause we often have sex from a surface level as well. And we are just ego-based and we're focused on just performative sex or what are the positions we're going to do or how is this feeding my ego? And then we still keep all the armor up or the walls up and we won't fully allow our partners to see us. And we are not able to connect and have that deep intimacy. And we can only meet other people as deeply as we've met ourselves. So first with Tantra, the, the path to begin, the foundation is the relationship with yourself. To be a better lover, you have to be your own best lover. So that's how this party got started.
This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. That kind of makes that that does make sense because I imagine if you don't love yourself, if you don't see yourself, you know, in that edifying light, probably hard to show up that way, right? Yes. Incongruent. Yeah, there you know you're not in alignment, and then you start to sabotage a relationship because you push away love, or you don't know how to have a healthy, loving relationship because subconsciously you're not feeling that you're really deserving of love you don't even know how to give that to yourself so then you like want to be really good in love sometimes you know in the past i would pour love into someone else or be really loving to someone else but i'm not really showing up for my myself in that way and then when you do that your lover is not going to respect you that much because they notice how you and how you how you treat yourself you're showing people how to treat you so when you start to raise the bar for yourself you're raising the bar and you're also showing the universe, hey, I, I know I deserve to be treated like this. Send me someone who matches this. But if you're pushing away good partners and you're pushing away, you don't receive and um, you're not believing in yourself, you know, you just block a lot of your blessings, a lot of your opportunities in relationships or business relationships, just in all areas of your life. So look, so I'm glad you said, you know, business relationships. How does this affect, you know, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a business coach, business and sales coach. And so, exactly. you know, I work with different companies in different verticals. So how could this hold, let's just take me for example, how could this hold me back from being successful in my business? Because for me and honest, that's one of the most important things in my, you know, that I do. Exactly. I totally get it. And so if we look back at one of the most powerful books for business that was published in the 1930s by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, he dedicated a chapter, chapter 11, to um, the mystery of sex. And in, in there going into deeper is he talked about sexual transmutation. And sexual transmutation is just the ability to transmute our sexual energy, which our sexual energy is our life force energy. There's so much shame around sex, but we're literally created from this energy. Why there's so much shame about that or such creation is beyond me. So there's so much shame about it. But if we know how to tap into this energy that literally created us, we can also focus it into what we want to create in our lives. And so you're getting that energy and you're focusing it on your goals. It's helping you to manifest and it's helping you to elevate your energy to a higher vibration because in law of attraction and law of vibration, like attracts like. So when you want to elevate, you want to elevate an experience, you need to raise your vibration. And when you keep draining your energy, you're not raising your vibration. So you want to use your sexual energy in ways that are empowering for yourself. And these techniques were used by Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, Steve Jobs to tap into their creative genius. And you can tap into your own creative genius whenever you understand these practices. And so these are the things that I teach my clients. And I'll give you one example. I have a client that's in the Bay Area and he's 30 years old and he was ejaculating three times a day. Ooh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
And so he had been doing this for a period of time. And, you know, younger males now are, they're, this is occurring more and more often with younger males, because when you think the older generations, when we started to learn to masturbate and do things like that, we would look at maybe a still image in a Playboy magazine of our parents or something that we would find. But now the younger generations are able to find things online. And so they're, they're starting out from ground zero and beginning of getting this rapid fire sequence of all of these images and money shot, money shot, money shot, right? And so, and then, and then they start to develop more of an addiction towards this. And so you'll see, and so now they're also showing that younger men are having erectile dysfunction because then when you want to be with your partner with neuroplasticity in your brain, and when I work with my clients, we work with neuroplasticity, you're started, you're starting to get used to ejaculating quickly by watching porn. And you're also used to getting all of this visual stimulation to stay aroused. And then when you're intimate with a partner, then your brain is in your your penis is like, wait, where's all the images we're used to seeing? So that's, it's more common in the younger generation that they're having these like porn addictions because they're starting from, with porn from the day one, a lot of times. Now with him, he was also doing sales for a company. And when we first started working together, I said, I need you to not ejaculate for two weeks. And I thought, I know that sounds extreme for you, but you really got to commit that to yourself. And we made an agreement around that. And I just said to him, because, and it's not that you can't have pleasure because I love for my clients to experience pleasure. It's so healthy. I said, but you've been depleting this source of energy for so long. We need to build that reserve up again. And that will increase your confidence. It will increase your magnetism. And so he agreed. And so we had that one session. And then the day prior to our second session, he messaged me, he had started joining the clubhouse rooms and in clubhouse, he identified someone in a clubhouse room that would be a good client for the company he does sales for. So he took the conversation offline and then had a, a, you know, a phone call with that person and ended up closing a $1.6 million deal with that person. Biggest sale the company had had in the three years that it's been open. And mind you, he brought that person into the company. He just messaged me on Monday saying, I just closed another six figure cell. And yeah. And so it was really great. And so then then when we had our, the two weeks, it was on a Thursday, he was like, okay, like, but today I can masturbate. I said, well, you're having such success over everything. The energy you built, I think you should just wait to ejaculate on weekends where you don't need that extra oomph. Like, just wait one more day. And he was like, I think I can hold it together tomorrow. I said, just try, wait one more day. And then the next day he messaged me and was like, I just got invited to be, I just closed a $40,000 deal. And then he was like, oh, I just got asked to be on a sales podcast. And so things just, and he was telling me, I feel more confident about approaching women. Women are being more drawn to me. He was just like, this is amazing. And then he even sent me a thing on Instagram with some like, is like a character with her eyes popping out with a whole bunch of dollar bills in front of them. And it was like, when your manifestation game is on point, he's like, this manifestation stuff is real. Cause then I was telling him how to tap into things and um, with his intentions, what he was wanting to draw in. So it's been really a lot of fun to work with him and see that shift that he's had. And especially empowering younger men. I'm really passionate about that because 
you know, in society, men are not given the support that they deserve and need and anything I can do to help empower them to have a better experience because porn just dumbs us down. No one wants to talk to us about sex. We never get a proper education. It's either shame about it, which really impacts people for long term. Don't get an STD. Don't get pregnant. Wait until you're married. But no one ever says the amazingness that can happen for sex. But most of the time, our parents didn't know. These techniques that I'm teaching are ancient techniques from thousands of years ago. And a lot of them, even like the Taoist techniques, the emperors would use because they had a lot of women and they wanted to know how to be able to last a long time. But it empowered them so much. They didn't want the common people to know it because they didn't want other people to step into their power. And so we see this a lot in societies where there's the, the percentage of people that stay in power and they don't want everyone else to know what those secrets are. And so these are some of those secrets. And then I've been studying them for a long time and I just want more people to know like this is available to you too. That's bizarre. Like, so is it safe to assume because I know where you live now and you said you had a client in the Bay. So you do most of your call via like we do here, like via Zoom. It's just like this. This is how I coach my clients, all of my clients. Okay. This is how this is how we do it, and it's amazing. They get crazy good breakthroughs of just the things that I teach them through Zoom. So, do you? Maybe it's a silly question, but do you ever run no. across weirdos? Like, do you? Surely you do. I have a good screening process for prospects to work with, you know. And of course, you know, you are. And some people have a misconception. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think the funniest thing I had one discovery call about a with a prospective client and he wasn't aware of all these other things. And, and the way he answered some of the questions on the questionnaire, I was just like, does he really know what this is about? And then I was just like, well, what is the most, you know, the reason that you're wanting to talk to me is like, well, I just wanted to talk to you because you have really great tits. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I was like, well, for wasting my time. Yeah. And so then I, and you know, then he's like a, single dad with three kids so I just did speak to him for a moment and I was like you know your kids are looking up to you to how you live your life and you can really empower yourself if you start to learn these ways of mastering yourself instead of looking at things this way and the way you're approaching things and then you can pass that wisdom on to them so if you ever here's some resources for you if you ever feel like you're ready to level up then let me know but you know other than that I still don't I don't want to shame anyone because just you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, and that's like, this is how, this is just how a lot of society behaves. So I'm not here to shame anyone. I will, I make my boundaries very clear, but I still want to empower you. So here, like, here's a book, here's some things you might want to read. It could really be helpful because I also love helping people too. Cause if I'm, when I'm helping people that have children, it has, you know, then that helps future generations as well. 100% because it kind of falls back on, as you mentioned a moment ago, you said, you know, well, when you and I were growing up, there were still pictures, right? It's kind of the same thing. If you're a child at this day and age, then you're going to grow up with what you're going to grow up with. And in 20 years, there's going to be something different. Right, right. So we just have to unlearn a lot of these things that we're taught or we're programmed by society and by schools. And, and our parents just didn't know, like our parents just didn't know what they didn't know. And now we have the ability of the internet available to us, podcasts, information at our fingertips where we can take in information. We have to have the discernment 
when we take in the information and not accept everything as truth, but we still have so much information available to us. And then in past generations, our parents, like if they were having a struggle or they had trauma as a child or, or something they're trying to overcome, there's so much shame about everything. Like even now, if you need something for mental health and you need a therapist, there's still stigma. So you can imagine 30, 50, 60 years ago, the stigma around that. So then when people were having pain, cause no one teaches you how to parent, it's almost like we think, oh, you know, like it's just naturally going to come to you here. You're just going to have a baby and figure it out. The kids don't come with a manual. Right. And, you know, I was talking to my daughter about this the other day, cause I had my children when I was young, I didn't discover this till I, they were adults because I was in survival mode. And until I had the time to sit back and look at like what I needed to do for myself, then I learned these things. And I'm like, I really wish I had learned these things when you were younger, I would have parented you in a more conscious way. I would have been a much better parent, but I was, we were literally raising each other. And I said, the thing is with animals, at least when they have their children, after six weeks or so, the kids go off on their own and they don't have to sit there and endure 18 years of toxic programming by someone that's never been taught how to parent or hasn't worked through their stuff. Right. So our parents, if they didn't get to have mental health, cause they're ashamed, they either lean on religion for their guilt and shame. And they go very into religious stuff to have some way to cope or they numb themselves through alcohol and drinking. And those are the, the paths that a lot of them take. And then they start having children and they haven't dealt with their traumas and they just pass their traumas down to us. And I tweaked some things. I was like, okay, my mom's an alcoholic. I'm not going to be an alcoholic like my mom. It's been passed down for so many generations. I'm just not going to drink. I'm not going to go there. And my mom didn't swore the same thing and didn't even start drinking until she was 35. And that was her downfall. But so I was like, I never feel safe from that. I'm not going to drink. And so I was like, oh, I'm doing so much better for my kids because I'm not an alcoholic. Not noticing later till I discovered Tantra and I started having some more emotional balance and better tools to cope with life. I was like, oh, I still am reactive and I yell when there's conflict or I'm upset like an alcoholic person would. Like I have removed the alcohol, but I still had the other behaviors that they had to so now they're doing their stuff to work through their shit. They went through with me. Now, if we can get our shit together before we have kids, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we're, we got a ways to go with that, but yeah. So that's interesting that you bring up the, the alcohol. So did either, uh, is it just your mom that was an alcoholic? Just my mom. Mm -hmm. Did she ever go to AA? Yeah, she did. She would quit and then she would go back again and drink again. Yeah. She tried so many times to quit. Yeah. So did she ever quit? No. Mm -mm. Okay. So then I guess you'll agree that that 93% failure rate with AA is fairly accurate. Yeah. She um, went a whole bunch of times. Yeah. So here's what's interesting is I just did a post inside of one of the groups that one of the entrepreneurial groups that I'm a member of and it's not a very popular, typically it's not a very popular post because I talk about the fact that I realized six years into my sobriety. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I've been, I have not had a drink in almost 12 years. Amazing. So yeah. So 
but what I realized is that he, the two most powerful words in the English dictionaries are I am, right? I am. Mm-hmm. So if you go to an AA meeting, the first thing that you have to say if you're going to talk is I am an alcoholic. And when I realized the power of the two words, and then I realized, <clears throat> holy shit, I can't go and say this over and over because it's been you're reaffirming to yourself that state so i quit i left and guess what still hadn't drank and that tells me that all that bullshit that i believe while i was in there for six years is not true and Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that the the program is completely flawed because i'm it, it did help me when i first came in but I don't think it's where you should stay. And at least for me, anyway, it wasn't where I wanted to stay. I just knew I needed, wanted more. I, I, I knew I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in the church basement, you know, ever how many days a week that, you know, hell, some people go seven days a week. Um, and I'm not really sure the thought pattern behind that, other than they're convinced that if they don't, shit's going to go sideways. And maybe that's the case who knows usually it does go sideways well consistency is key so if they're consistently doing something that's reminding them not to drink there can be a benefit but people don't understand the power of their words so i really love that you share that and what you how your self-talk is how you speak to yourself is so important so when you want to change your identity and you're wanting to shift your identity you need to speak in the presence of what you're wanting to have, what you want that reality to be. So initially as you're separating from addiction, you can be like, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, but as you start to separate and you start to become a new person and create new routines and you're different, like I can imagine that six years after you started, you were a completely different person in so many ways radically. And now 12 years later, you're such a whole different human. So to even keep going back every day and affirming that past experience is, I don't, it's disempowering. Never makes sense to me. It never yeah. has made sense to me. And but- our, our, our words are powerful. And that's why when we write down things, gratitude, when we write down things, we're, we're spelling the words and it helps to imprint when we're wanting to learn to write things down or what we're wanting to manifest or when we're doing gratitude. These are all practices I work with my clients. But when you're spelled, when you write something, you're spelling it. That's where the word spells comes from. Ah, that's right. So you're like casting spells on yourself. Like we really are magical creators. And you might not believe, believe in magic, but literally we're more energetic beings than we are matter in the physical art. We have an emotional body. We have an energy body. We have a physical body. And, you know, what I love about Tantra is you're really able to connect more to your soul and be like, you can have intimacy and sex with another person's soul. And it's on such a deeper level and such a deeper connection. It's such a profound experience, but you start to learn the magic. You tap into the magic that's within you. And in our society, we look too often outside of ourselves for what we need. We need to have the car. We need to have the status symbol. We need to have this. And we're, we're looking at all the trappings of success. And we get caught up in the rat race and of accumulating things and doing all the things, right? And then we lose sight of that. There's treasure within you. Like everything that you're seeking outside of you is within you. Can you look within 
and appreciate that and develop that and cultivate that, you know, and focus, give yourself that attention instead of thinking it's this object I must have, or this person I must have. You are your longest lasting relationship from your first breath to your last breath. Work on that, invest in yourself. It'll be the best investment you ever make. And when you start to shift that within yourself and heal those spaces, we are the relationship with our, we have with ourselves mirrors all the relationships we have around us. And when we want to have better relationships, oh, you got to first look at this relationship here. Even for me, why did I become so good at sex? I'm a people pleaser, right? That makes sense. Yep. I didn't even unpack that shit till about a year ago. And I've been teaching this for seven years and I thought about it. I was damn. But when I was younger, I was always looking at Cosmopolitan magazine. What are the top positions? Da, 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 learning this, being the best lover. It's about people pleasing. So it's good to be a, a good lover. And I can teach people profound techniques that will blow their minds and their partner's minds and have a like a life-changing experience is possible for you. But first, when I talk to my clients, I want to work with self-love because that's what Pink Tantra focuses on your self-love because I'm not just teaching people how to be Casanovas or, you know, to be heartbreakers. And that goes for the women too. What is your relationship with yourself? I don't want people using these tools to manipulate other people. I want them to use these tools to provide deep healing within themselves so they can show up in the world better. And like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And it starts with you like be that. So if I can help people figure out how to change those aspects of themselves that are holding them back and unlock their potential like anything is possible. And that makes the whole world a better place. Yes. Yeah, so how many people would you say that you, I, I would imagine this not loving yourself, not valuing yourself. And it's funny that you mentioned that. Wow. Our synergies are just unbelievable today. So when I, I was telling you um, earlier that I, I, I had done two ayahuasca journeys, well, that was one of the things that came to me in the second one was that I didn't value myself as much as other people, as much as other people value me. And that was kind of a hard pill to swallow because I ultimately in my gut, I knew what mother, mother ayahuasca was trying to say. I just didn't want to hear it until it happened. And then I was like, mm, okay, I didn't subconsciously, I think I knew it. Um, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily say, well, it must be this thing. It was kind of like, well, it might be this thing, but probably not. And so I just kind of brushed it off. Not a big deal. And then I realized, yep, I and then I started to understand that other people value me more than I value myself at times. Can you speak about that for a moment? Well, may I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, what, how did that feel when you first had that awareness other than at first uh, you trying to push it away, but like when you started to accept that, um, I still struggle with it a little bit. And I think it's because this, this is what I think it's because, but maybe you have a different opinion. Um, I think it's because I think, and as you know, I'm a business consultant. So I, and I, and primarily I go in and I work with sales teams. And I think it's because I think, I think that most people probably know what I know about sales. Well, that's so far from 
correct. It's not even funny. And I, and I say that not in an egotistical way. It's I say it in a way because honestly, if I don't dumb down my conversation, they kind of go over the heads of the people I'm talking to. Does that make sense? Yeah, but we need to make it, we have to simplify things. Yes. So it's just like even in the medical field, speak in layman's terms, try to make it easy. And even the presidents that win the big elections, they'll talk and do their speeches at a fifth or sixth grade level. Because when you, when you confuse the com- customer, you lose the customer, That's you know? Right. And so you can't use all of this fancy language to get your message across. Cause then you just lose people. And then sometimes I like, I read one book on Tantra that I couldn't stand. I had to return it. The person that wrote the book, PhD, very wise college professor type, but he was when he was speaking and trying to teach, it was more like he was just, he was like speaking and such being so eloquent and so selective with his words. It was almost just like constant bragging on how smart he was. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, there's sure. one way in having confidence in yourself. I love that. But when you just seem to just think almost like you're talking down to me when you're teaching me something, I was just like, I can't even, since other people said, oh, I like that book. I'm just like, uh-uh, I could not listen to that book, you know, because it just didn't seem, there wasn't, I didn't feel an authenticity. Just like you're saying, there's these synergy in our conversation. Like sometimes energetically, you're just like, oh, that's not my vibe. And you have to listen to that. So now I want to ask you this. Do you feel like, were you feeling like imposter syndrome or anything from like, oh, I'm not having this belief in myself, but other people believe in me and the, an incongruency there? Or no, was that? Um, I, maybe, I was kind of just trying to figure out. Where I, it yeah, came I, from? Yeah, I, maybe it yeah. was that imposter. I don't know what it was. I don't well, know. One thing I will say about imposter syndrome is that true imposters don't have imposter syndrome. <laughs> that's fair okay right so but but not to say that that's you but i'm just saying that um so i wasn't trying to to go there with that question but a lot of times actually yes of course (laughs) uh so what what it is is a lot of times is there somewhere in your childhood where someone would try to have you feel less than or if they were being intimidated by how smart you were or weren't comfortable with you totally shining. Cause on a lot of older, other generations, it was like, we're always taught to dim our light and to, you know, to make other people more comfortable and yeah. don't seem too arrogant and don't act like, you know, too much. And you know what I say, fuck that shit. Like light, be light yourself on fire. As far as light up and shine, you know, the sun doesn't, worry if it's going to blind you you just have to put some shades on it doesn't give a fuck and if you want to light the world up and you want to show people and be a leader you know leaders go first and when you're being a leader it's not the time to dim your light and it's not the time to make other people comfortable and a lot of times when we have these big goals and we have these big dreams and visions not everyone around us sees the world that way and sometimes our friends or our relatives their own limitations they'll try to put on us or they'll be like you know acting as if we're being egotistical because we have this vision for ourselves and it's really something that what other people's opinions don't matter 
they have, that's their thing they need to unpack and work on because that is a reflection of their limited perspective and point of view. And that does not apply to me. And whatever you're trying to project onto me, that's something you need to address within you. Just because you don't believe in your dreams or you want to stay in your comfort zone where dreams die and me stepping out of my comfort zone is scary for you. That's something for you to deal with. A hundred percent. And I think that comes from family a lot. Now I'll say for for my family, it has not come that way. They don't, they're not entrepreneurial. They don't own businesses. They don't, they didn't have the same path. My mom was a school teacher. My dad was the vice president at a a pretty massive tobacco company. So he had a great job and and not that my mom didn't have a great job, but I made her a great job is how much money you make. For me, you know, that's just how, and my dad always worked really hard um, and he always did well. My mom always kind of struggled. Well, that was because she's, mm-hmm. you know, lots of times she spent all of her money and that happened. You know, spent all your money, probably not going to have any. So um, there was one other thing I was going to say. I can't remember what it was now. Maybe it'll come back to me. So how can this, okay, so let's just say that somebody came to you and maybe that maybe they think their sex life is good. Maybe they think it's normal. What the hell is, is, is there a normal? Is there an over the top? Is there an, of course there's an amazing, and I'm sure you can fill us in on that, but Mm -hmm. what's the difference in three and how do people show up to you? I would imagine being a male and then coming on to talk to you about working with you that But there would be some ego involved. And maybe that ego would be protecting me, right? It's saying like, oh, no, like I'm great in bed. That's not the problem, right? I mean, I, I imagine that could be a very common that's coming out of a man's mouth. So, sometimes it can be. And sometimes males will be confused that follow me on Instagram or something. And I will get messages and they'll be like, you're just writing things for women. Do you not? coach men like why is all your posts just for women I'm like because the women are the ones that are investing in themselves and they're showing up and working with me and the men a lot of times look from the sidelines and then they won't make that investment in themselves as I have unpacked that and try to and I'm just like if you want to take it seriously you want to do that but I mean why am I going to keep posting content pro men pro you know and empowering men and then men just sit there and not take action and then just want to message me for free advice. Just like, no, that's not how this works. You know, uh, not a very successful business model. Right. So I'm just like, I was really passionate and I am really passionate about supporting men. I am a huge advocate for men, but if they don't want to show up for themselves, there's, I can't help them. They can, I can only help them as much as they're willing to help themselves. Now, with women, and, and as I've thought about this, with women, I think it's more common for us to talk about sex with one another. And then probably because some women have a challenging time orgasming, you know, that's not a challenge for men to orgasm. So then we're giving each other tips or trying to help each other out or, you know, because a lot of our friends can just not even able to have orgasms and we feel for them. So we're trying to help each other out and we're having these conversations. Whereas males, they're having like the locker room talk of bragging about things and making things always seem so great. 
And so they don't have that, unfortunately for them, they don't have that camaraderie camaraderie with their friends or they don't have friends that they can talk to and have these vulnerable conversations with. And they always, men, one thing I really feel and give a lot of empathy for men is, and I tell women, have some empathy for men because men are taught to you know, be the provider, be the protector. They're just humans. Can they not have a human experience? They have emotions. Why can't they cry? Why can't they feel? Why do they always have to be this for us? Show them some empathy. They face a lot of challenges and the patriarchy doesn't just suppress women, the older patriarchal ways. It's also suppressed and limited men and made men go into these other areas of being overly masculine and other ways to fight against because they don't want to be seen too feminine or too soft or this or that. And so it's been a disservice to all of the sexes, you know, to, to have these beliefs But women will want to invest in their pleasure, or they might be having a challenging time orgasming. And so they're like, okay, I want to overcome this uh, pun intended, you know, and, and I'm here for them to empower them. But when I, one of my first Tantra teachers, I worked with her for about six months. And then she told me, if I give you a certification with my name, I don't want you to work with men. I was like, what do you mean not work with men? She's like, well, some men might be trying to hit on you. I was like, I can hold my boundaries. I'm not going to. Why is she worried about you? And she's like, well, I don't want to put my name to you if uh, you work with men. And I said, well, if I don't work with men, I said, one, I started this journey because of a man, an awakening I had from having this profound experience with a man. And I'm not going to leave the men behind. And if I don't share these things with the men, how will the women have their sexual healing? And I love, there's a, a poem. I can send you a link to it that you could share with your li- listeners called conscious cock is medicine. It's really profound about men are, have so much more power to even help the feminine with the skills that they can have, but they've been dumbed down with porn. So you won't know that you're not having the best sex. If you don't know what that is, like, we don't know what we don't know. And there's no shame. Like when you talk to me, this is a shame free space for us to get real. And so a lot of times it can be stuff from the mother, father, wound we dig into other past relationships, other ways we've been shamed, shame that we've carried over that is impacting us or ways we've learned about sex. Cause if you want the first thing you learn for as young males is and females, we learn to orgasm quick when we masturbate because we don't want to be caught by our parents. So with neuroplasticity, we're already creating that pleasure loop of let me get from point A to really point B really quick. So I'm not caught by my parents. So you already start to train your body to orgasm quickly. So then when you're in the bedroom and with your partner and the challenges, women's arousal scale, I have a, an amazing course online. That's a, it's a masterclass and you can just click it and download it and watch it. And it's great for both men and women. And maybe we can share it in the link and it's um, about female pleasure and goes over the nine different types of orgasms. And I'm a nurse and a sex expert and a Tantra coach. So I infuse all of that wisdom in this masterclass and with women's arousal skill, it can take us up to 20 minutes to be aroused, but a lot of men only last on average from three to seven to maybe 10 minutes. So there's this discrepancy. So when we could be having our peak levels of arousal, men are already kind of a lot of times game over. So, and then men get aroused really fast. You know, they could just think of something like I'm ready to go. And then women, a lot of it, our brain is our largest sex organ. A lot of times we need time to process and even like have a date night 
anticipate things, look forward to things. That's all like all, everything is foreplay. We don't realize that how we speak to each other in the evening and how we're talking and helping each other with tasks around the house. All of that is foreplay. You just don't pop into bed at night and be like, okay, I'm ready to go. Right. And sometimes in long-term relationships that can be taken for granted. You don't give a date night and the romance for both partners, the romance cannot be, it can, can kind of fizz away, fade away because you're not looking at those things. And so with, with that, like for me, when I had my first soulgasm, I was able to be with a person that had mastered all these techniques and he was able to hold this like amazing space because one, he knows how to, he's also a meditation coach and he's taught meditation and he used to be a pro football player, but he's taught meditation. And so he was able to just hold this space where women are so intuitive. So I can feel sometimes when I'm having sex with someone and I can tell if I get really turned on and I really am going all at it and having a good time, I'm going to push my partner to the tipping point, to the point of no return where he's going to, it's going to, he's going to orgasm with ejaculation. And then that's going to be it. So then I'm like holding myself back a little bit and then going in and trying to hold back. And it's like this dance, you know, and, or playing like red light, green light. You're just slowing down, <laughs> trying to figure out how to do the pace. With this person, I could just feel, and he didn't tell me he'd studied Tantra, energetically, his confidence, his magnetism, his presence, his depth of connection to me was so dialed in. I could just feel like so relaxed. I was like, I could tell he was not worried at all about whenever he was going to ejaculate. And I was like, I can just sit up here and have a fun roller coaster ride and go over waves, over waves, over waves of pleasure and not even be worried that he was even going to be phased and really discover for myself what's fully available to me. And so literally it was just like the honoring of the goddess and he just holds this beautiful space for me. And I was able to have prolonged states of ecstatic bliss for a period of hours. And we had no chemicals in our body, no alcohol. And I literally felt high. It was such an experience. And I had a Kundalini energy rising and my third eye opened with that. I had an awakening in this experience and I never knew that was even possible. I never had anyone that would take that much time with me. And, it, and some women will be like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Like, oh my gosh, sometimes I just wish my man would get it over with. Well, yeah, if he's having sex the way you see him porn, women aren't really interested in that. And then men are like, why is my woman not interested? Well, come work with me and she'll be bugging you for sex. Okay. The tables will turn and you'll see that her drive is even higher than yours, but she's not going to want to get turned on just to be stopped before she even gets started. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, Our arousal 100%. levels are off. And so, and it's not to blame anyone, but it's like, what can we do to shift that? And so when I was able to have these prolonged states of pleasure, I was like, whoa. And I literally felt it was timeless. I felt like I knew a lot had transpired, but in the same time, it felt like maybe 20 minutes went by and you look at the clock and it's like five hours later, you're just like, what? And it's the most amazing experience. And when they say time flies when you're having fun, it is a blast and literally changed my life and shifted me in so many ways. And it's literally like Marvin Gaye's song, sexual healing. I had such an amazing experience of how amazing my body was. And then it was so great for him to just sit in 
those waves of pleasure. And then he can just, he knows how to breathe that pleasure in and charge. He's like plugged into me and I'm like an energy conduit and my energy and my orgasms and my pleasure is surging through him. And you know how to have that, like this orbit of pleasure through each person. It's amazing. I definitely so, recommend people try it. All right. So there's two questions. The, the, the orgasm is one. Okay, so, but I want to get the second one out before I forget because I had already forgotten it once. Um, <laughs> the, the second one is how many, uh, what are the percentages, uh, do you, if you know, what are the percentages of women that don't actually have an orgasm? I talk about that in my masterclass about the orgasm gap. There are some women that do have a challenge and they are not able to have an orgasm. Um, but for what reason? A lot of it, there's multi, there can be different reasons. A lot of it can either be shame, okay. through a lot of religious conditioning and shame about their bodies and shame about sex. Okay. It could be from a past trauma that they've had or a sexual trauma that they've had. It can be from, you know, our brain is our largest sex organ. So being overthinking and fearing and having anxiety around it or performance, and then just not being able to relax enough because for the female to be able to relax and be multi-orgasmic, surrender, a letting go of a trusting of your partner. So when males want to, instead of being a lot of performative tricks for males, it's actually having your partner feel very, where they can be vulnerable with you by you being vulnerable with them, where they feel fully seen and they feel safe in a safe space where they can just like surrender and then not worry. But, you know, I'll even have people tell me, oh, I worry about what my face looks like when I have an orgasm, you know, and I just have to remind them and guide them through things. I'm like, well, do you, does it, how do you feel when you see your partner's face orgasm? Does that make you laugh? Do you think that's funny? And they're like, no, I'm like, well, they're not thinking that any, they're not being judgmental of you. That's like the biggest gift they can, you can get to be able to see you, that kind of expression from you that's actually a turn on but there can be a lot of other things so that's why we go deep into like what's what's the thing and unpacking for them what's the thing that's holding them back and then inviting them so a lot of women even if they're orgasmic they'll share they have better orgasms after working with me or they attract a divine partner or they start making more money like because everything touches everything so how you show up in the bedroom is how you show up in the boardroom so that level of confidence, that level of magnetism, you know, and when your sex life is on fire and you're, you're feeling, you're feeling that, that type of way, you know, you just flow and you walk through the world and you show up in your fullest expression of yourself. And when you show up fully, then that impacts your sales. You know, when, if you don't have the confidence and you know what I'm saying, and you're doubting yourself, that's going to translate over into your sales and in your business as well. That's exactly right. And so, and, and really what we're talking about here is energy, because we've talked about money, which is energy. Energy, not, currency, not really frequency. A hundred percent. And then we're also talking about the, you know, the energy that is in, inside of us. So do you know, like, okay, so what would you say if you had to guess the percentage of women that never reach that not the soul orgasm because I don't know what that is yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but just like just any orgasm. Yeah, yeah. Because I uh, look, I, I just think that I think the number is greater than people would like to think. I think that the numbers, and I have this in my female orgasm masterclass. I have all the stats down of like if you're 
if it's same sex or opposite sex and the orgasm rates for men and women. And I talk about the orgasm gap, but I don't have those numbers in front of me right now. But a lot of orgasms, a lot of women can orgasm alone, but not with a partner. Interesting. So, yeah. So it's whenever there's the pressure or even their partner is overly concerned, like, are you orgasming? Are you going to come yet? And it starts to like be performance-based. It can put a certain add in anxiety. So sometimes just relaxing into the intimacy and doing deep breathing. One great thing for men is if you will invite your partner to breathe deeply with you when you're having sex, remind them to breathe deep, especially if you feel like they're back on the verge of having an orgasm to breathe in deeply. Cause it's like, you know, like a candle flame, the flicker of the flame needs oxygen. And if we were to snuff out the oxygen, you know, we were to cover the candle so it doesn't get oxygen, then the flame would go away. Often subconsciously, we don't realize it, but right before we're going to have an orgasm, we'll tense our bodies up and we're restricting and we'll hold our breath for a moment. So we're decreasing the oxygenation to those tissues. And then I've even been on the verge. I'm like, feel like I'm going over the edge of like a waterfall. I'm like, I am about to have an amazing orgasm. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And then later I realized, oh, I must've been like holding my breath, but I didn't realize it. It just the tension. So the relaxation, being able to stay like relaxed. And so even if you just sexy whisper in your partner's ear, like breathe in deep and guide them into breathing deeply. And that's really powerful. Another thing too, that I will share is I want you to get your hands and just put them together really quick, Corey, and rub them back and forth. And your list, the listeners can do this too. Like get your hands together and go really fast back and forth. Okay. Now I want you to slow it down. Now slowly, slowly rub your hands back and forth. That's much heat. Now, how much more sensation are you able to feel when you slow down? Then if you're doing tantric breath work practices and you take in deep breathing and you breathe, even if you like bring your hands a little apart and breathe in deep. And sometimes you can even feel that little energy between your hands. And when you breathe deep with your partner and you understand the energy in your body and how to move it and your sexual energy, you're even able to do this dance. You can tap into your partner's desire because you're kind of having this connection. But whenever we look at porn, it's that jackrabbit move of going thrusting really fast. And men think they're doing a lot for the woman by doing this move that they've seen. And it's no shame to them. It's just what you've seen. And acting porn is acting. I'm friends with a porn star and she's been, she's in the hall of fame for porn. She's been doing it for decades now. And she just calls her job cardio penetration. She doesn't even call it that she's having sex. Okay. It's acting. Hello. But males will see that and they're like, oh, that looks so great. Actresses, hello. So um, whenever you're doing all this fast action, all you're doing is fatiguing yourself, increasing the chance that you're going to orgasm quickly, more quickly. And it doesn't do that much for the female. So if you would slow things down and do deep breathing and take your time and your partner will experience more pleasure and you'll be like, wow, this is really, you know, this is, this is some good moves I have here. So just taking the time and slowing down and having presence, like being present too often. We're sometimes women are really intuitive. We can actually feel when our body, our partner is masturbating in our bodies, like as if they're on somewhere else thinking of something else and thinking of the daily thing. And they're just 
trying to rub one out inside of us. And it is a, not a good feeling. And then your partner will be disconnect and be like, you know what? I don't want to have sex tonight because we can feel that. And it's like, if you're not going to drop in and be present with me, don't just use my body as a sex toy. Like go masturbate on your own or handle your business because, and so we're, thing walls are really intuitive. And so we won't tell you, or we might not know, we'll be like, that just felt off for me. And then they're not going to want that again. That makes sense. Um, so would you say that, okay, so would you, so when, so obviously, so is it, I think this boils down to, right, the programming that mm-hmm. we grew up with, whatever age you are, whether you're 25 or you're 45 or you're 75, those are different times uh, there were just different times right exactly. there were just different times so so it, it, everything that we've talked about it just seems like that's what it really come, it comes back to that right yeah yeah it, it's a lot of what's in our subconscious mind and it's a lot of how we're feeling if we're feeling how we feel our ideas what were we imprinted upon us as far as sex as far as what is right is wrong what have we learned what have we taken on from when we watched porn or other things where we've made it into a performative act or we get positions or goal focused and we're not we're not tapping into intimacy and connection and if we're not able to have intimacy and connection with ourselves with our partners we're not able to form those connections in the business world either we don't show up authentically so it's about tapping into the power of authentically knowing who you are and showing up that way as your most magical self. And then you're able to show, you know, your business, everything around you will have more abundance when you are, you know, you are worthy, your I am statements, I am worthy. You say the positive things about yourself. You see yourself, you do visualization and you don't constantly drain your life force energy through frequent ejaculation and you use that same energetic towards like, what is your goal and what is your purpose? Actually, I got to ask Bob Proctor a question earlier this week, and I was asking him about the Think and Grow Rich chapter and what did he think about that on the sex transmutation? And he was like, yeah, when I was younger and I really first started taking off in my business, I was wondering for a while why I didn't have a sex drive and I wasn't as interested in sex. And I realized it's because I was putting it so much on my business. And that can happen for entrepreneurs because it is our creative energy. So now we're using it to create something else other than just a human life. We're focusing that energy towards something else. And if your partner, or if you're with a woman and she's starting a new business and starting a new project or raising new little kids, and she's having to pour all of herself into something else, there's not a lot left. So first do things to support your partner so they can give to themselves and do their self-care and help take the load off of them. And then they'll show up more. There's more space for romance. But when we're depleting ourselves so much that we're not even doing our self-care, how can we feel like having romance for another person when we can't even romance ourselves? It's like, I can't even get my needs met for the day. So those are some tips I would share. That's really good though, because I think a lot of, I think a lot of men show up. I, I I think that depending on what age you are, it's, exactly. it's the man's place and it's the woman's place, right? We all have our place and and men go to work, women stay at home, the whole bullshit we've been told all of our lives. And it's just not, that. that's just not the reality that we live in. Um, and if you don't know that by now, I mean, and maybe, or maybe that is your reality, 
but also maybe that's why things are not going so great. Right. So I guess, so I guess the, the final point I was going to make with that is that, you know, I noticed that I know, I noticed for me, if I have a million things to do and I have a million things to do at home, like I have certain things that I do, like I make cucumber water every night, which is a massive pain in the fucking ass, but that's what I like to drink every day. So I make the time to do it. Now, recently, my wife has been doing it for me because I've been, you know, I host the little clubhouse every fucking night and like, you know, it gets long sometimes. And quite frankly, like there's just not enough time in the day for me to do the thing, things I need to do. So she stepped in and she started helping, which really made my life much easier, which, you know, you know, was more attractive, right? Not that I wasn't attracted to my life because I was, I was, I still am, obviously. But the right. point is, is that I, I guess it just freed up, maybe space up here. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, also you have to think about what is your love language? You know, I have an sure. ebook about the 12 days of self-love. So is your love language acts of service? So then that makes you feel more loved when she did that thing for you. And then what is her love language? So you can speak to her in her love language. So there's not a miscommunication. That's a whole other conversation, but it is doing that too. And then, you know, with another good book to look at and reading is who, not how, and whenever you're developing your business, getting the people in place to do certain tasks for you so that you offload yourself so you can show up more in your zone of genius. So then you can even, you know, get other people to do something. So then if she's doing your cucumber water, then what could you do to take another task away from her? Would it be like have a maid come in or would it be maybe just have Instacart always deliver the groceries so she's not having to go to the store or maybe already do that? Like do things to save your time so that then the other person is like, okay, I'm doing this thing for you, but then how can you offload? Because we just don't want to feel like we're jumping onto other people right. or someone's feeling overwhelmed because then they're not feeling sexy either. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. You don't right. want your partner to come to bed saying they're tired. What no. can you do to, to energize them and recharge them so you have that time for your intimacy and some sexy time together? That's or right. having a day night or just going for a quick, you know, quick weekend getaway and someone else watching the little ones so that you can tap into that those same things you did at the beginning of the relationship that worked, return to those and yes. add that spark in your relationships and your business will benefit. Your business will benefit. So we I think, oh, we can't unplug from our business. You sometimes you need to, because if you're not in alignment with yourself or your relationships are suffering, your business in the end, isn't going to be thriving either. That's so interesting. Well, listen, I just want to thank you so much. Cause I think that was a great part to end on i like you've provided an unbelievable amount of information today that uh, a lot of it i knew or part of it i knew and part of it i certainly didn't know um and so i think for the listeners i think they really enjoy that so um i want to thank you again for coming on really appreciate that and i'll make sure that i'll let you know what everything drops and everything will be listed below so this i is love amazing. that thank you yeah. And thank you so much for the invitation to be on. I'm super passionate about this and um, we'll share some resources below. And if anyone wants to reach out to me at yestaunter.com, they can do that. And if they want to learn more, see about working with me, they can request a free 30 minute discovery call with me. 
And also I want to share a resource on a guide on how to, for men on how to last longer and stronger in bed. And it's a free PDF with tons of resources. And I'll share that as a gift for your listeners. And so they can be on the lookout for those things. And then if they really want someone to help be that accountability person and show them how to implement those things so they can get to the results faster. Cause we, one thing we never get back is time. We can always earn more money, but we don't get more time back. So to get to your goals faster, so you don't get frustrated. Yeah. I'm here for you. I'd love to support you. So yes. Thanks so much. This has been an amazing conversation. Also tell people where they can find you on social. Perfect. Um, uh, Perfect social is yes. Tantra is my YouTube channel. And then at yes, Tantra, Y E S T A N T R A on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse as well. And Facebook is just Tantra. So yeah, those are the places and spaces to find me. And I love having these conversations on Clubhouse too. So be sure to follow me there and turn on notifications and we can keep having these conversations because it's challenging to talk about these things on certain spaces. But Clubhouse has been a really cool platform allowing me to share more. Agreed. Well, thank you again and have an awesome day. Okay, you too, Corey. This is awesome. Bye, everyone. If you took anything away from this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and go check out some other episodes on SuccessfulLifePodcast.com. This is the Successful Life. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember. Greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.